the Holy Family Chapel Hill podcast, where you will find our weekly sermons, as well as the occasional reflection, conversation, or interview. We are glad you are here. Welcome. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Advent began in the dark. The darkness of the longest night at the winter solstice, and the darkness of a world shrouded by the powers of death, the depths of despair and creaturely longing. To be a human creature means to be limited, painfully, by death. If Advent begins in the dark, Christmas begins with light in the midst of dark. It is a turning point, not just for this story, but for all the world, for all history, for all time. The light is announced, gradually filling the horizon, dispelling darkness with the proclamation of Jesus Christ. The word become flesh. In Luke's gospel, this is an infant swaddled in a manger, and we gather around to witness the child who is Messiah and Lord. But in John's gospel, we are not gathered around the the manger, but become witnesses to the word. Capital W. The one who was in the beginning with God was God. The one by whom and in whom all things were made, the one who brings life, the light shining in the darkness. The word and Luke's babe in arms are one in the same, found in a rural corner of creation the light in the darkness that cannot be overcome or extinguished, the ancient of days beheld in the virgin's arms. In Jesus Christ, the strange, holy other, unimaginable, incomprehensible God becomes known, living near and with us, experiencing the strangeness of human life, the throat gurgles and knee pains, the joys and frailty and vulnerability, the indignities, living a human life, dying a human death. It is about God's action entering into limited human possibility through this person. All that was made is and is given life. When Jeff and I visited the old Roman city of York this fall, we stumbled upon the birthplace of one of my favorite poets, W.H. Auden, and his words from For the Time Being, which resound alongside this story. 
We who must die demand a miracle. How could the eternal do a temporal act, the infinite become a finite fact? Nothing can save us that is possible. We who must die demand a miracle. The incarnation is both mystery and miracle, and it should confound us at its impossibility. The creator becomes the creature. God becomes flesh and dwells among the created order and is no less God. How is this possible for the infinite to become finite, the eternal dwelling in time? How is this possible, the eternal acting temporally? There's a definition and category confusion problem here, it feels. The mystery, though, it feels so common and well-known to us because we repeat it at least annually, and its images are rehearsed and ordinary and the subject of hymns and carols. But imagine the news as if for the first time. The virgin birth, the lowly manger, the heralding angels from Luke and from Hebrews. John the Baptist announcing the time has come in the wilderness, the light of the world, the word eternally begotten flesh. All of this is a work that only God could do. It does not come from human imagination. It is not dependent on human goodness or a myth of human accomplishment. It comes only from who God is and is offered as a gift and an interruption. It is truly a miracle, impossible, but nothing can save us that is possible. But the miracle and mystery of this day go even deeper. The opening of our reading from Hebrews reads, Long ago God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. The mystery here goes beyond the impossibility of the incarnation. Notice the author of Hebrews does something you might not expect. God has spoken to us in a son and has given us a final word. In the son, God has spoken God's self. Put God's self right into the midst of those to whom he speaks. And then we have two images working together in John and Hebrews. In the first, John says the world did not recognize and receive him. And in Hebrews, the author writes, when he made purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. These two images give us a preview of what is to come, the death of Jesus, his crucifixion, his resurrection. It's an unexpected move, paired with the story of the word made flesh, read on Christmas Day, to hear the echoes of what we know is to come in the life of Jesus. And the author of Hebrews takes it even further. He sat at the right hand of majesty on high, The glory of the risen Christ who ascends to the Father and is seated at his right hand. So yes, God became flesh and brought the divine to dwell with us, and that might be miracle enough. 
But Jesus returns to glory, bringing with him resurrected human flesh. He becomes the firstborn of the new creation and is exalted to the right hand of God the Father. These two writers seem to recognize something that we might not see at first. In the incarnation, the whole revelation and work of God is already present. We already see the whole work of salvation because salvation is not just something that God does. It is something that God is in Jesus Christ. Because God wants to be with the creatures that God has made eternally and makes a way, a way that is born from the communion of the triune God. The miracle and mystery of the incarnation is that the Son has become flesh and dwelled with us so that human flesh might be taken up into communion with God in the divine life. It makes possible life eternal in communion with God, in which the powers of death and destruction have finally been cast down, and in this God rescues us from brokenness, alienation, sin and death, from the powers and principalities. This love and desire to deliver us is from before time, and it is here in the word who has cast down the mighty and brought the lowly and lonely into communion with God in the body of the Son. We who must die demand a miracle. Nothing can save us that is possible. We who must die demand a miracle. And in Jesus Christ, Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about the Church of the Holy Family at holyfamilychapelhill.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. Peace be with you. Oh,